0: And welcome to my Live to Spark podcast. I'm Erica Teo Etienne. For the past 15 years, I've been helping to empower individuals to reach their work and personal goals through sharing know-hows, lessons learned, and cultivating healthy mindsets so that they can improve their processes to generate the best outcome. In recent years, I've helped mid-career women to reach their life, career, and family goals by inspiring them on their journey of self-discovery so that they can become individuals that are more engaged to lead a fruitful life. In this podcast, I will share tips, tools and ways to develop a healthy mindset that can help you to become more successful, overcome challenges and setbacks in life. I believe that every woman has unlimited potential to find her shine within her own areas in life. So join me in this journey and live to spark together. Hello and welcome to this episode. In the episode where I shared about how I picked up different jobs to help make me some allowance to fund my education, right after I graduated from my degree, I know there was no escaping work in an architecture firm. In order to be qualified to sit for the professional exam in the future, if I choose to be one, I will need to complete an internship of a minimum duration of 10 months. Of course, to prevent people from job hopping, There was a criteria set out for us then that we had to spend a minimum tenure of five months in a firm as an intern. And that can only count towards our internship experience. And only upon satisfying the 10-month-long internship, then we meet the requisition to take up postgraduate architecture course. There are so many architecture firms big and small in Singapore. Where do I start from? I was feeling very lost. But I had a good friend who was always very in touch with the local architecture scene. So he shared that he would go for a medium-sized firm that was up and coming. He showed me some photos featuring their work in a magazine. And his rationale was simple. If the firm is too small, the projects may likely be limited in scale and variety. The resources will be tighter, then we don't see very much beyond the handful of small projects we assigned. Then we will be expected to do a lot more hands-on work ourselves than we can bargain as interns. If the firm is too large, we may only get to see our work on a very small part of a huge project and we end up missing the big picture. The medium-sized firm where some sort of structure and organisation of a firm, while seeing some reasonable scale and variety of project types. Then since I didn't have a better idea, I joined my friend in writing to apply for work as an intern for the medium-sized firm he introduced. We brought our school projects portfolio to the interview. It was very different from the previous little meetups with recruiters for my holiday time jobs where I never knew who I would be working for or what company I was hired to work in until I show up for work that day. That was really my first time at a formal interview speaking directly to my potential new boss and going through what I could do by showing my school project works, sharing whether I preferred to do design work or perhaps oversee site construction progress and for them to consider if I could fit into the company. To my surprise, the architecture firm accepted both my friend and myself. So we start the work. Through this experience, I learned it is important to identify the type of company you want to work in or switch to. I asked myself if I wanted to learn to do things hands-on and be intimately familiar with the traits of the industry, or do I want to start with a broader perspective of how things are put together. It is important to be clear and begin with the end in mind as one considers prospective employers to work for. Because of our different Zones of Genius, my friend and I were placed in two different teams. My friend had a greater flair for design and creating aesthetically appealing graphics. So he was put in a team that had more design work, pitching for projects or resorts in far-flung destinations like Maldives, dreaming up how holiday workers uh, were experience cuisine, immerse themselves in a different experience. Even the thought of being given a chance to work on an overseas resort as an intern sounded so sexy In destinations, at that point in time, our life that we can only dream of. But then, on the other hand, I was more of a person who could collaborate with people to get work done. I was able to try to connect different personalities and people from different backgrounds. So I was tasked with overseeing construction of houses at site, in charge of keeping an eye to create a place where people can call home. I like going to sites. Solving details to make them work when things are on a two-dimensional drawing simply cannot inform how people are going to make it work in reality. So we would detail out through discussions and move things along. I had to figure out between all the drawings that do not tally, what was the real intention of the look that the design wanted to achieve. Sometimes, I may have to go back to office to consult the original designer, what was it that they wanted to achieve in terms of look, and then I do my best to preserve and stay faithful to the design. There was a sense of accomplishment to see things on paper leap into space that a person can walk through. On occasions, I do get pulled to do some overnighters to cheat in for job pitches. It was tiring because in the daytime, I would be out and about under the sun, walking around the site to look at work progress, to brainstorm and solve issues. Coming back in the later afternoon, I had to do the paperwork for the contract administrative part of my work. So when the job pitches come in, all hands on deck are busy. And then the paperwork still has to carry on. This is when I really get myself lost in the weeds. And I have to learn how to prioritize my work. It's not an easy skill because you need to discern for yourself. And even today, I'm still learning how to prioritize and focus on tasks that truly matter. There were also other moments where I had to carry out odd requests as an intern. One incident stood out. I recall there was an important client coming by to the office for an important meeting that day. So, the head of the department called me over and gave me some cash and told me to go to the nearest Spinelli's coffee joint at the next block to buy an ice blended coffee and a bagel or muffin for this very important client. It certainly didn't go too well for me who was receiving this request. I was very mindful I'm a graduate working in a professional firm, but why was I going to told to go and buy coffee and bagel? Wasn't this something more appropriate for the admin assistants? I thought I could better utilise my limited time in the office to finish some drawings on hand. At that time, I felt that I was being meant an intern means it's the lowest life form in the office. I wasn't too happy with the request, but the head of department did ask nicely, so I did what I was requested to without wasting too much time and then returned to my work. Besides, it was common knowledge that architecture firms make students and interns work late especially during crunch times. Students were asked to stay late or pull overnighters to rush out job pictures, presentations and competition entries, but paid peanuts only for the fixed office hours. Tensions rise when the printers refuse to cooperate. We see bosses getting ready to leave for the airport to make it to the last boarding call while staff would be running to them with the last printouts. It was commonplace that extra after office hours went unpaid and sleep was sacrificed. Students and interns were forced to accept such arrangements. We were always told it's common practice everywhere. At best, we could claim catfair home, but only because there was no other public mode of transport home. When I recently read the local news of brain drain in this professional industry, it came as no surprise to me. Decade after decade, there are market forces at work where organisations at the top tier of the food chain make the most amount of money. Only a handful of us remain in the industry still working as designers or architects. Many of us move on to pursue other alternative careers. I have learned it's important to pick up the skill set that comes along with the work. Learn these skills. Train your mind to be willing to learn and pick up knowledge. These are not knowledge taught in textbooks. For example, how do you handle a person in a team that does not seem cooperative? So I urge you who is listening in to be aware of the soft skills that are needed to enable your work. In particular, pick up the good values that align with your professional goals that can help make you a better person. Bring these soft skills along in your life and continue to hone them. Learn to harness these skills and you will find that you can better manage others, for instance, your team, your vendors, and so on. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so honoured to have you here. Now if you'd like to keep going and you want to know more about our mentorship, training programs and e-commerce products, come on and visit me over at live2spark.com. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-S-P-A-R-K.com. And if you happen to get this episode from a friend or a family member, be sure to subscribe to our email list over there. Because once you're subscribed, you'll become one of my live To spark family. Life has always got twists and turns. You can learn to go with the flow, Breathe deeply And remember We will lift the spark together Sending you my love And I speak to you soon Bye for now